we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkins. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkins. We're talking cheer, we're talking like we know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on, let's begin. This is episode number 79. Not sure if there's going to be an 80, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we're getting back to our regular format because Be More is back. We have our question of the week about what are some obvious things to me as a coach, but not so apparent to others. And if you have a question for the question of the week that you want answered on the show, submit your questions by clicking the link in the show notes. And we're back at it again with our cheer A to Z segment where I walk you guys through the alphabet. Today, we are on letter G. But before we get into that, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone who loves cheer as much as you do. If you're looking for ways to support the channel, you can actually make a real-life financial donation for as little as 99 cents a month, and that helps out a ton. Your donations help us produce a better quality show for your listening pleasure. And if it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. You'll want to subscribe. We always have a great, interesting conversation taking place each week. Episodes release every Tuesday. Lastly, shout out to my mother, Sheila, Sarah, Caroline, and our newest supporter, Claire. Claire, we really appreciate you. That means a lot. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a real-life cheer mom who represents you parent listeners and asks all the questions that you parents have. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. It has been a long, long, long time. Too long. How's life? Welcome back. Life is fabulous now. I'm finally done with school and I'm back to running my kids around in the morning, which I have missed so much. I didn't think I missed it, but I actually really did. And then, you know, just preparing for this up and coming cheer season. I'm so ready for the competition season to start because I feel like I'm just running around. I'd rather be running around at a competition than running around and not watching my kids perform. Yeah, there we go, dude. So congratulations. You are an official. I don't even know what the name of it is. I will be a licensed manicurist, but I'm just waiting for state board to send me my letter so I can go take my test. And that can take anywhere between six to eight weeks. And I've actually applied one week ago today. So just waiting for that. So it'll be a licensed manicurist. There we go. So are you able to do pedicures or is it just No, manicures? I can do pedicures and manicures. And actually, I never thought that I would like this, but being in beauty school, School, I really took an interest in pedicures. I know a lot of people are going to be like, ew, I hate feet. They're so gross, but I feet don't bother me at all. So I really like doing pedicures. So that's one of my services that I'm going to be offering as soon as I get in my shop. 
So, you know, if you need your toes done, let me know. There you go. You heard it here first, people. Get your toes done at Spirit Sports this year. Don't let your toes be less when they can be done by be more, people. Okay, so this is the Sounds Like That question of the week. If you want to leave your own question in the show notes, there's a link that says submit a question for the question of the week. Submit your question there. We're back to answering your questions on a weekly basis. So be sure to do that. Leave your question. We'll answer it on the show. We have a few in the queue. But, you know, if a good one pops up, we'll move that one straight to the front of the line so let's hop into the question of the week yes okay so question of the week says jason when it comes to cleaning routines what is something that seems like common sense that makes a big difference and then they had a question for me so for you let's hear about these cleaning routines so the first question for me, what's something that seems easy to me, but a lot of coaches like miss basically, right? The biggest thing that I see is in general, you should follow the rule that less is more as a coach. There's only so much time in the year, but it, with your routine, there's an infinite amount of things that actually need to get done in your routine and at your practices. Like you're never truly satisfied with the routine. There's always something that can be cleaner, that can be sharper, that can be more difficult. Like there's infinite amounts of upgrades and cleanliness that can happen in the routine, but you only have two and a half hours each practice with these athletes and they practice, you know, two times a week or so. So you have so many things that need to get done in the routine, but not enough time. And so the battle you're always playing is it's always a a race against the clock. So I think that's the big thing that coaches have to understand is that it's always a race against the clock that you need to figure out what's going to maximize, what's going to get the most results for the least amount of time, right? And so that's the balance that we have. And that less is more. When I was working for Action Spirit back in the day, I remember this and this like really shaped the way I see things. I was working for Action Spirit back in the day. And we were at our work week, just developing stunts and and pyramid ideas and all these different things so we can get ready to hit the road, do all these camps everywhere. And I remember he was just someone else on staff. He's one of the owners owners now, Steve Belanger from ECE, shout out to East Celebrity Elite. And I remember he said that stingrays has gotten rid of arms and jumps and they've like figured out a way to get rid of arms and jumps. And so what he meant by that was back when I used to cheer, when we did a toe touch, we would start in a high V and we would do a full like 360 with our arms, right? Like we're in a high V and we would go a full circle. And when we do like, when we do like a double toe touch and then we would swing the arms again in a full circle, right? Hope that makes sense to everyone in the audience, the full circle. Stingrays started doing, when they did a double toe touch, everything happened below the chin. So they would execute the toe touch. And instead of going all the way back up in a full 360, they would cut across their chin and go straight down from there. I say all that to say, by getting rid of that full 360, they like cleaned the arms. Like they didn't have to sync up and match that arm timing with any, they completely got rid of it. And because they completely got rid of it, they didn't have to clean it anymore. And the same thing I remember, and Stingrays did this as well. Stingrays was the first team I ever saw do a heel stretch with the arm down by the side. So traditionally, teams would do a heel stretch, you know, one uh, hand, right, left hand up, left foot up, and then the other arm would be in a high V. That was like very traditional way to do a heel stretch. Stingrays was the first program I saw 
that did their arm down by their side. They did the heel stretch arm and the other arm down by their side. I remember thinking, that is so ugly. Why do they do that? And later I realized that when they got rid of that arm, and I didn't even do it because I realized that's why they did it. I started doing it because it started catching fire. It's like the new trendy thing to do is have your arm down. But now I can't stop doing it. Now I won't do it any other way because you completely get rid of that arm and you don't have to worry about kids doing high Vs wrong or being off on motions. The arm is down by its side. That's exactly where it goes. And if it's anywhere else, it's wrong. As far as a high V is concerned, there's so many different variations of a high V. And when you have seven sunk groups up, five sunk groups up, now you have to synchronize exactly where that high V goes. So by getting rid of that arm completely, now you can, again, there was lots of really good cheerleading with arms and high Vs. But when you spend time on fixing high Vs, you're not spending time fixing, you know, ankles together in your back handspring. When you're spending time fixing, you know, arms and high Vs, you're not spending time on working, you know, the new progression in your stunt, right? You're not upgrading your stunt when you're working on that. So the less you do, the more opportunities you have to do other things in your routine. So there you go. Less is more. That is for all you coaches out there. Definitely be sure to share this with another coach. And then they had a question for me. Brittany, something that Jason does that makes a big difference in your parent-coach-owner relationship. I would say for me, like the positivity. So if you know Jason, he's positive. And I think everybody goes through negative Nancy parts in their life. I think before I started coming onto the podcast, like religiously, like I was just in a negative mindset and no reason in particular, like there was nothing, you know, wrong in my life or anything like that. But I think just positivity, like every time I talk to you, it's always positive. I think your positivity has like rubbed off on me. So I try to be like a little bit more positive. And then that reflects down to my girls because they pick up, you know, their kids. So they pick up what I say and what I do. And that's how they continue to be so when I turn to be like positive then I notice that they're changing to be positive so I think that would probably be the biggest thing is just your positivity well thank you I am positive (laughs) (laughs) you it has rubbed off on you so much you're not only a manicurist you're a pedicurist as well so I knew you could do it. I knew you could do both feet and hands or hands and feet, however you want to look at it. And here we go. Okay. So I'm going off of your question when you say like, you know, you only have like, you know, two days a week, two and a half hours for practices. How often is like, is that the norm for most? And we might've talked about this before, but is that the norm for most teams to practice, you know, two and a half hours a week or two and a half hours a day, twice a week? Or are there some teams that practice, you know, an hour and a half practice for three times a week? No, most gyms that I know do about two hours twice a week. We do two and a half and we only did two and a half because that's what we did at PCM. Mm -hmm. But lots of gyms do this where they only practice once a week during the school year or once a week um, during the week. And then their other practice is on a Sunday. So they bring in the whole gym on a Sunday. So they practice on Monday and Sunday or Tuesday and Sunday or Wednesday and Sunday. And then once they get into comp season, they then switch to Monday, Wednesday, 
Sunday unless there's a competition that weekend and they're actually going and competing. I feel like that is completely normal in the industry. Now, obviously, lots of gyms have their different variations and takes on what works best for their gym, but that seems to be normal. I was talking to a coach, an owner at the end of the season, and they do something like that as well. And he's like, yeah, we do that. He's like, I wish we could switch to, you know, to only practicing during the week. I'm like, yeah, man, like I I can't, I like my yeah. weekends too much. Like we are, we're already busy on the week. I like my weekends too much not to come in on the third day, like always on the third day. Like, yeah, it's crazy. We already compete, you know, competition season's already enough. So yeah, but they're good. So they're really good. And they, you know, they got an extra day a week of practice on us. So that third day, but yeah, that is, I'm telling you, it is completely normal for, especially in the East coast that they practice Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, or at least they start off with Monday, Sunday, or, you know, Tuesday, Sunday, whatever it is. And then later on in the season, they'll switch to Monday, Wednesday, and we used to do that. Actually, when I cheered, when I was in All-Stars, when I cheered at California All-Stars, we were Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. We definitely, there was definitely times in the season where we were Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, and that was practice, right? So, you know, that, you know, we're just asking for two days a week, people. So just give us the two days a week. Bring your kids to practice. We'll make sure we get kids to practice. We'll make sure we get things done. Make sure we look all right. So. But, you know, but I always say that the best kids are in the gym always, you know, that's why I always suggest definitely taking a class and having a private lesson because a lot of these gyms, they'll have like two days a week plus an additional day for tumbling. So they'll do like a Monday of practice plus team tumbling on a Wednesday plus their additional day of practice, like on that Sunday or whatever. Right. So teams are out there practicing for sure. Okay, here's another one I have for you. Okay, so I guess we would be considered like a club team, right? Like American would be considered a club team. So club teams and school teams, how is that like meshing up? I mean, like, do you guys have a lot of issues every year or is every, you know, just year by year it's different? I mean, I'm, I'm asking because the girls are on two teams at American and then they're also cheering for their junior high team. So I know for me as a mom, I'm like, Oh Lord, like this is so much. So how is that working out for you guys? Cause I know that they're not the only ones that, you know, do club team and school team. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a part of life now for whatever reason, kids in Bakersfield love high school cheer. They just love it. They think it's like the end all be all of cheerleading is doing high school cheerleading out here. So, which was not, Kids did high school cheer when I was at PCM, but they didn't really do it the way that it seems like it's just, I don't know. For so, There's something in the water out here where kids absolutely love doing high school cheer out here. I think they love doing high school cheer because it, the cheerleaders are so involved in the school, right? So the, you know, the athletes are doing all these things for the school and then you know they're also cheerleaders and they have fun at the football games and basketball volleyball all those things and then you know they also perform at the rallies and things like that so I can I can understand why the kids like really like you know high school or junior high cheer just because they're heavily involved so then being associated or being a cheerleader is being involved in other activities at the school too. No, I get that. But that's like that everywhere. Like all high school cheerleaders are involved with their school. Even I mean, even at PCM. But for whatever reason, it seems like a lot more kids want to participate in high school cheer here than they did at PCM. A lot more kids want to participate. Like all of our senior kids are on all the kids on a, on the on senior black and senior red. I want to say all, but a lot of those kids are on a high school team. And it wasn't like that when we were at PCM. 
you know, it's just become part of like the norm of, of what we do that kids do high school cheerleading and, and there we go. I am I'm telling you, I know that kids want to be involved and they want to do homecoming. They want to be like involved with high school cheer, especially, especially when you get kids that cross over. A lot of kids like to cross over to like a lower level team because it's really easy for them. Right. I'm sure the kids are, I'm sure the twins are not struggling at all when it comes to the skills needed for youth white. Right. And they're just like, yeah, this is, this is really easy. And kids really like their lower level team because it's super easy for them and they have fun and they don't have to stress about any of the skills in the routine. Right. And I kind of get the feeling it's the same thing with kids who do aside from all the school activities they do is that it's significantly easier to do high school cheer at most schools than tend to do their all-star team, right? They get, they're like, oh yeah, I have a, a back handspring, right? And if you have a back handspring, if you have a back handspring on your level two team, you're kind of just like every other kid on your team who has a back handspring, or you're just like every other kid on your level three team who has a tuck. But when you have a tuck on your high school team, you're, you know, you're the star, right? You have the back handspring on your middle school team. You know, you're one of five tumblers, like you're re- you really stand out. So I think there's a bit of that, that the kids get to, they really get to stand out on their high school team. But anyway, the question is, how does that balance? It's been balancing okay, I think. I mean, I never want, the, honestly, I've said this 8,000 times. I never, ever, ever want the kids to miss practice. Like I said, we talked about this just now. We have an infinite amount of things to get done at practice. We could practice six days a week, seven days a week for the whole year. And by the time we got to the end of the season, there would still be things for us to get done or get better. There's just so much stuff. And that's not an exaggeration. There is always things that we can get better at. But when kids miss, we can't get better at whatever. And that's just, it is, we can't get better when kids are gone. And so the biggest thing, when kids miss practice, they're missing the opportunity. Like, but right now we're in preparations for full outs. And so we have our routines, choreography's done. We're getting ready to for showcase. And we have a system. We have a very specific, detailed system that we use to prepare kids for full out routines. And it goes day by day on that. And we start implementing it six, seven weeks before showcase. And, you know, on Monday, this is the plan. This is what we need to get done. And then when we come back on Wednesday, this is the plan. This is what we need to get done. And then we come back the next, you know, Monday, this is the plan. This is what we need to get done. And it's super specific of what needs to get done at practice. But when kids miss, they're literally missing like that section, like they're missing that homework for the day. You know, I think this happens when you go to school, right? You're only allowed to miss so many days, if any, or you get, I've heard this about like cosmetology school, like you're only allowed to miss so many days. And if you miss like three days or whatever, like kick you out of the program. And I'm assuming that's because it's not, it's not like they're constantly like reviewing things. It's that on September 17th, we are specifically going over this chapter and we're not coming back to that chapter. We're going over this chapter. And on September 18th, we're going over this chapter. We're not going back to that chapter. We're specific, And there's like things are get done each day. And we have the same thing that there are specific things we are getting done on each day. And if we don't reach that day's goal, like we're just going to be behind. I, we had our staff meeting, our staff meeting on Tuesday. I told the coaches exactly where they should be. Hey guys, here's what we're working on. Here's what we're doing. And I said, yeah, I get it, guys. You guys have kids missing practice. I totally understand that. But no one cares about your excuses. We all have kids missing practice. All of us, every gym across the nation have kids that are missing practice. And no one's going to feel bad for you if your kids look like a hot mess at the showcase. They're not going to go, well, all of her kids were missing at practice. They're going to go, this coach doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't know what you're doing. 
So you better figure out how to have a productive practice, even when you have kids missing. And so when kids miss, I just saw this yesterday at practice. Kid was missing for about a week and we kept having practice, right? The normal way with our schedule of what exactly needs to get done that day. And she came into practice and we, again, we've been conditioning for full out routines. And she is in a panic because she can't handle what's going on at practice. She can't handle where the rest of the team is at because she sat out a week, right? And so when kids miss practice, they are missing practice. You know, during the summer, we kind of just pick up where we left off, but we don't like right now, we're not picking up where we left off. The team has got to go. And so you're either getting on the train or you're not getting on the train, but the train is going to showcase, you know? So I said, hey, October 30th, people, we're performing, whether you like it or not, whether your kids are ready or not, October 30th is showcase. And then the next weekend after that is our first competition. So you better be ready. So my suggestion is that kids don't mispractice. That's another thing. There's that that balance. But I get it. Kids want to do, they want to be a part of, you know, this and that and all those things as a coach. Oh, I never want kids to mispractice, but I get it. So, you know, we figure it out. I just figure that all coaches, the one thing I always remind myself, every coach in the nation is dealing with the same issues and someone is still going to go out there and be crowned the national champion. And it's going to be the team and the programs that don't make excuses. They just figure it out. They just deal with the obstacles that have been handed to them. E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. So great Good question. To know. Good to know. So how are you balancing it, B? Well, it's a lot easier now that I'm not in school. And I just signed the girls up for a tumbling class. So that's another added uh, kind of stressor. Honestly, I mean... I think at just some point you just get used to it. You know, they're in the gym Monday through Thursday and three teams in those four days. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are definitely the hardest for me because we're having to, I feel like rushing from, you know, school cheer to club cheer. So that always like makes me nervous because you you never know, you know, if there's an accident or traffic or road construction. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to be, I need to be there by a certain time, you know, just to make sure. I think every parent can like totally understand that, you know, if they have other kids in different sports, you know, having to get their kids other places. I will just be excited for comp season to start. I think I said it last year, like I felt like it was like just a really long, like waiting process to get to competition season. And I don't really feel like that this year, but I'm just like excited to see them back on the mat. You know, the girls are on two teams at American and when they started on Youth White, I knew that they were going to be older than most of the children. And I told them like, you know, you've always looked up to this athlete and that athlete and this athlete. And I named some athletes. So I like told them specifically, like you need to be a role model to these younger kids on your team. So I haven't really got to see that like in person yet. So I'm kind of like excited to see that at competitions, just how they react to the other athletes and, you know, being a role model to them. That's the other thing I, the one big thing I always like to promote is that athletes stay in their age range as long as they can, right? Obviously the twins, they just turned 12, right? Yeah. So they are now like, this is our last year on a youth team, right? Yeah. And so when you get to be the top of your age group, you should see the kids at practice when they're in the top of their age group versus when they're on the bottom of their age group. When kids are at the bottom of their age group on the team, they're timid. They don't talk to anyone. They stand in the back and, you know, they really just kind of try to blend in. They're not trying to get 
yelled at by the older kids, right? When kids are at the top of their age group, you know, they stand in the front, they're super confident, especially if they're at the top of their age group on a on a level, on a lower level, right? So the twins are a really good example. They get to be on youth white, it's on our youth one team. So they get 12 years old on a youth one. So they're the older kids and they own all of those skills, right? So they, they're super confident. And I'm not saying this specifically about your girls, but this is just that type. The older kid who owns all the skills on a younger team. They're super confident. They stand in the front. They're super vocal about everything. Um, you know, they take on a leadership role. And you want kids to learn how to be leaders in the world. Like that's who you want. There's a good study. I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the pod before, but Malcolm Gladwell. He's really good. He's written a couple. He wrote a book called Blink, another one called Outliers. He has all these TED Talks. Really cool guy. Really like his stuff. But he talked about the type of people who, if colleges make a difference, what college you go to, if that actually makes a difference with how much money you end up making. He was saying that it's actually better to go to, if you're a star student, it's better for you as a star student to go to the University of Tennessee and be a star there than to go to Harvard and be middle of the road. He said the the middle of the road people feel so overwhelmed by everyone around them that they end up dropping out, they lose all their confidence, and it just doesn't do anything like really for them. But when that same student, who's a star, right? When that same student goes to the University of Tennessee, they stand out and they gain all this confidence and those students end up making more money than than their counterparts, right? Anyway, the same thing. I see it in the kids all the time when they're on that, when they're at the top age, lower level, they're super confident, they, they're super vocal at practice, they take on this leadership role and and they take those skills with them opposed to being not confident and mill the road and always feel like they're like trying to play catch up with the team and there needs to be a balance between the two of those things but i always suggest hey yeah like this will be good for her it's not going to be a a bad thing for them to have a fun team and have a a team that challenges and pushes them so we're talking about you know preparing for showcase and so i remember when you and I first started on the pod, I would always like talk about like things that were going on in the gym and like, hey, what's going on in the gym right now? So right now we are preparing for full outs, as I said, and for the most part, I think we're like pretty on time. We're doing a good job. I feel like our teams are on track. I really, one of my big goals this year was to be super disciplined about our schedule. I'm really disciplined during the summer about what needs to get done by, you know, by this time, this time. And then with choreography always throws us for a loop because we got to get choreography done. And then we got to do all these things. Anyway, so I wanted to get choreography earlier. With us getting choreography earlier, it's really helped us stay on track for this season. So right now, the Kern County Fair just ended, right? Like last weekend. Yeah. You don't like, man, I love the Kern County Fair. I I do. That's like my favorite thing about Bakersfield is the Kern County Fair. Not even going to lie. I love the fair, which, you know, I do totally like the fair. But my husband, there's a terminology, and I kind of think Ashley's one of these. They call him a fair rat. Mm-hmm. where they love to be at the fair all the time because I saw Ash she was at the fair as much as she could be yeah she went like and three times that's my husband he wants to, we went twice and he but he if he could he'd be there every single day and I like it I would go a couple more times but not every single day so I'm just yeah. like Whew, we don't have to go to the fair again yeah, I think if I had nothing on my schedule to do like I definitely make time to go once I would go twice. I mean, there's not that much stuff to do to go more than twice, in my opinion. 
The but, food. you know, I could I could go twice. Yeah, the food. But the food gets expensive. It's like, hey, you know, because you got to – it's not even the food that's expensive. You got to pay to get into the fair and then pay for the food. And I'm like, yeah. hey, I mean, it ain't that that good. So, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. But this time – I mean, the fair just ended for context. This time last year, we took Brendan to the fair last year, meaning he was in town doing choreography. We got choreography a lot – sooner and now our teams are on the precipice of running full out routines like they'll be running full outs by next week by monday's practices we'll start our full outs and so it's crazy to think that this time last year we were doing choreography and now 365 days later we're about to we're about to start running full out routines so it's in good game choreography earlier there's a couple of things I would change about the way we did it. We did everything back to back. I wouldn't do that again. But as we're running these full outs, you know, the kids want to hit. Like, that's what they want to do. They want to hit and they want to be successful. And we've been running these routines and they're having like these minor issues in the routine and something will drop or something like something will happen, like these little minor things in the routines. And you, you see the kids get frustrated. And so I've been like trying to remind them like, hey, guys, like one, we're ahead of schedule. And two, these are like little things like we've earned the right to start running full out routines, but we have to earn the right to run full out routines. If you haven't earned that right to run full out routines yet, like that's a privilege to be able to start running routines. And it's a great thing to miss something because we have to go through this learning process and this just this maturation of the the season right now, guys, this is very true. My brother-in-law, he is an avid golfer avid avid golfer and he wants to go golfing for his birthday and he wants to go to some nice fancy course out in arizona and it's going to be ashley and i my brother-in-law and his wife and two other couples and those two guys are avid golfers as well i don't golf but my brother-in-law has taken me a few times golfing like he's trying to drag me out and try to teach me and i'm you know i was slowly getting better but he moved to arizona a year ago so we, i haven't got literally i've not gone and played 18 holes since he's moved. So it's like, okay, well, I wasn't a golfer at first. I was only really golfing because of my brother-in-law. He's moved, so now I haven't golfed. So when I heard that we're going golfing, and that we're going to some nice fancy course, and that I'm going with three other like avid golfers, I'm like, yo, your boy's got to get to the course and start hitting some balls. So I've gone to the driving range a couple of times, you know? And mm -hmm. the one thing I got to like, try to remember is like the process and not to get frustrated when I shank a ball, like constant reminder of, okay, what do I need to do to be successful this time? And it's really hard to remember all of those different things. I'm trying to remind myself the same thing that I remind the kids. Like, okay, what's the process? What do I need to do to be successful on this shot? What do I need to do on this time? And when I miss it, I need to think, okay, what did I do wrong? That's okay. Let's get at it again. But the only way for me to be good is for me to be okay being bad. And that's just the the reality of it. If I'm going to be good at it, I have to be okay being bad at it first. You know, I keep saying this, but you know, I'm not a golfer. So I go to the range the other day and I don't want anyone to see me because I'm, you know, I'm not good. So I go in the middle of the day. I'm thinking everyone should be at work at this time. I will be there by myself. Hopefully the whole, hopefully no one else is at the range. And I go and there's a couple people there. And when I first pull up the only bays available, there's like one guy here and one guy there. And I'm like, Oh, they're going to be watching me. You know, that they're going to see me, you know, shanking these balls. 
And I'd like continue to remind myself, like, I'm not here to impress anyone. Like I'm here to get better at golf, right? Like I'm not here to impress this guy. I'm never going to see this guy again in my life. I'm not here to impress this guy. I'm never going to see this guy ever again in my life. And just to remind myself, it's okay to go through the process. You know, no one's out here judging me. Like no one really cares. Like maybe they'll go, yeah, that guy next to me was terrible. But at the end of the day, it's not going to change my lifestyle at all. You know, you know, trying to remember, trying to remind the kids of that whole thing, because I know that they get that same feeling, especially in high school. You know, kids aren't always the nicest in high school. Fun fact, I played golf in high school. Did you? And I still have my golf clubs and I still, we still every now and then go out to the golf course. There we go. You can show me a thing or two. My dad is actually very, very good at golf, so he could show you a thing or two. There we go. All right. I'm going to take you up on that. I'm like, yeah, I need them golf lessons. It's hard. You know, I'm trying not to create bad habits, but it's like kind of hard not to create bad habits when you don't have a coach because <laughs> yeah. you just out there swigging. So I need to get a coach. So. All right, B, you ready to get into uh, cheer A to Z? Yes. All right, here we go. We are on G. Let me see if I can remember all of these from the top of my head. A was Anne instead of but. B was bringing information. C was the cold call. D was dance, dance at the beginning of practice. E, execution is king. F is for full out. Should be the easiest part of practice. And then G, G, this is a good one. So G, have as much grace with people as you want them to have with you. Which is, you know, so I, I, I think about this. Um, there's this guy named Chris Bates who coached at CBU when I was at CBU. And he was the athletic trainer. Not the athletic trainer. He was the strength and conditioning coach. And so we always had to get in. You needed to set up a time. If you wanted, you know, him to train your athletes, right, for strength and conditioning, you had to set up a time when he could get the athletes in, right? So, we do, you yeah. know, we're cheerleaders. So we're not like top of his priority. You know, the basketball team and the baseball team and all like the the traditional sports were like scheduled in. And then we kind of had to get like what's left over. So I kept saying, all right, hey, we really want to. And we had never used them before. So I was like, hey, I really want to get on your schedule. I really I really think you could really help out our athletes if we get on your schedule when either we can go to your facility, you can come over to us or whatever the case may be. So send me, you know the schedule what's available and chris was an awesome guy chris was an awesome 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 guy but he didn't send me over the schedule right so a week goes by hasn't sent it over so then i email him hey man can you uh send over that schedule oh yeah 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 my bad i'll get on it i'll make sure to get on it this week and then you know he didn't send it over no hey yo yo, chris i didn't get that schedule you mind sending that over just trying to plan some things and then you know he didn't send it over and then i'd run into him on campus you know i'm walking and he's walking hey yo chris Hey, I got you, bro. I got you. And I remember one time he was like, hey, man, just keep keep jamming me up. Like, just keep jamming me. I'm going to get it done. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And I would see him. I'd give him a hard time. But everything was like kind of, you know, joking. I was never, like, mean about it. But I always just kind of poked fun. Like, hey, man, wait for that schedule. Eventually, he sent over the schedule. And he said, thank you for having so much grace with me on this. Right? He's like, I know it's taken me a long time to get this over to you. But thanks for having so much grace for me with this. And I remember I replied back, I'm just trying to have as much grace with you as I want people to have with me. That is one thing I always try to think about. And there are times when, of course, I can be more gracious with people or I want them to be treat me a little bit more graciously. But I always try to remember that, that we all have problems, we all have issues, that we all are going through, you know, things in life. And, you know, just the same way he was busy. You know, what's funny is you'll message me and text me. 
you you'll <laughs> you send me the email and be like, hey Jason, the girls need to do X, Y, and Z, and you patiently wait for my reply, and then eventually you'll go, hey Jason, just <laughs> make sure you got my my email about you know the girls being late or you know whatever it is. And, you know, you're always like, hey, Jason, I know you're busy. And, yeah, I'm trying to answer emails and get this and get showcase ready. And, you know, kids are missing practice. We got to figure out substitutions for those kids. And all these different things are going on. And, yeah, I, I get busy sometimes. I don't always have time to reply to everyone or, you know, get everything that I really want to get done in the day. Right. And so, right, you're being gracious with me. And I really appreciate that. And I try to remember that with other people as well that hey man like they've got other things like i'm not the center of their world they have other things that they're trying to get done in their life you know i always tell people always tell people about me like hey keep bugging me it's not gonna bug me i just need a reminder sometime there's a kid on youth black who has her tuck but her tuck's not in the routine and she's a really solid tuck it's at a point where it should be in the routine it's not like it's like kind of like hit and miss. Her tuck is at the point where it should be in the routine. It wasn't originally choreographed into the routine, but I didn't want her like kind of just standing around at practice during the tumbling section. So I said, hey, oh, you know what? I totally forgot that she wasn't choreographed into the routine for the tucks. And I said, hey, kid, remind me to put you in the tucks next practice. Like, just remind me and keep reminding me until I put you in. It's not going to bug me. Keep reminding me until I put you in the tux. And, you know, the next practice she came up, she's like, hey, coach, uh, just you wanted me to remind you about putting me in the tux? Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Here we go. You're going to stand right here. This is not where you're going to go in the routine. It's where you're going to throw it for now until we put you in the real formation. But come up to me every day of practice and bug me and remind me, right? And so, you know, she comes up to me every day and goes, hey, coach, um, you told me to bug you and remind you, right? And so. You know, Youth Black has 8,000 different things that they need to get done at practice. Her being in that spot isn't the top of my priority right now. Now, I know it's the top of her priority. I know she's not going to forget. But the team has other things that we need to get done that I am prioritizing before putting this kid in, in that particular spot. So the point is, we all need gentle reminders. And I'm not the only one. And, you know, other people need those reminders as well. I think the world is a better place when we are gracious with those around us. And so we always expect people or want people to have grace with us. And so as a coach, and I guess this is good parent advice as well, but I think that we should treat people and give people as much grace as we want them to give us. So there you go. That's the letter G. Come back with you on the rest of the alphabet. It's just like it's like meant to be or something because I was talking to something similar with the girls and one of my carpool girls yesterday on the way from middle school cheer to American cheer. And they were talking about a girl that, you know, kind of rude, not the nicest person. And I have been telling my girls, you need to talk to your coaches. You need to talk to your coaches. Like mom's not going to be here forever. You're getting older. Like you can't have your mommy fight your battles the rest of your life, which I, you know, will still have their back, but I want them to be able to stand up for themselves. And one of the, you know, one of the girls said, you know, the little girl, they were having issues. And she said, well, I turned around and I told her, you can't talk to me that way. Please don't talk to me that way or however, whatever was said. And I told them that is the perfect thing to say. Like you didn't say anything wrong. You weren't rude, but even though the girl acts like this all the time, continue to be yourself, continue to be polite, continue to be nice. And maybe your niceness and your politeness will rub off on them. Even if they're ha everybody has a bad day. So even if they're having a bad day every day, maybe it'll eventually rub off on 
them. So it's kind of funny that you, you know, that's today's the grace. And I, I kind of was had a situation with that yesterday. So there's a good Abraham Lincoln quote. It was after the North defeated the South in the Civil War. And Lincoln was supposed to like dole out the punishment for the South losing or whatever. And I can't remember what he did, but he was going to be really nice about someone like in his on his staff was like after this you should be destroying your enemy and he's like isn't don't you destroy your enemy when you make a friend out of them and i was like oh that is deep right there i gotta say that again don't you destroy your enemy when you make a friend out of them that's so good guys a little positivity a little sugar a little grace isn't that yes. what, that's what we need in this world anyway it's been real you got anything else before we go no i'm good glad to be back There we go. Glad to be back. Let's make it happen. You guys like, comment, subscribe, share this podcast with someone else, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, donate to the pod, all those good things. Five, six, seven, eight. We're out. We're out. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Gym owners, directors, coaches, can you relate to this? You say to yourself, this season is going to be different. We're going to get all of our teams on the same page. Or maybe you're saying, we're going to get all of our coaches on the same page. You look out as the teams are practicing or maybe as they are competing and you know you can do more. Let me help you. I work with several gyms, large and small, each season, whether it's the summer and we do a coach's clinic or a stunt camp, or it's during the season and we do an in-person routine cleaning. I even do routine video reviews if you're just looking for some thorough feedback of the routine. You send me your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with everything I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have worked with have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins at me.com or you can DM me on Instagram at jasonlarkins.